0: And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Forrest, expanding by the deflection. It's Aaron Davis, he could win it! He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal! What a start! And after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield,
1: good turn away from John Gold.
2: Um, a lot of you will you know Stephen Allen, who was a lawyer and a uh, former director of work. And we're grateful to Ian um, from uh, Glover's Cast, who uh, have organized uh, the Zoom uh, call tonight. And I think on Zoom, we have Ian's colleagues and Dave. So thank you for your assistance um, in setting that up. So it will mean that we need to be disciplined about this meeting. Uh, so we, we need people to raise their hands if they've got a question, and we will need to stop at certain points so that we can take, um, questions from people in
3: Zoom, on the Zoom call. So please, um, could you raise your hand if you have a question? Um, <clears throat> I, I read on Glover's cast that um,
2: there was no point attending this meeting and uh, it would be just about supporters moaning. So let's make sure that we have something positive to say tonight and some positive. Actions to take from here. Um, you might also be aware that um, there's lo- lots of supporters' groups are represented tonight, and I should make you aware that uh, members of the written press are also present um, on Zoom tonight. Um, we are grateful to Yoga Sports and Social Club for use of the club. Uh, we have booked the hall until nine o'clock, um, so as we've we, we've already inconvenienced them, so we need to finish. Uh, well, before that, um, there are, we, we sent out some information um, regarding the agenda and it was two things, really. It was one was we hope to get a message from the club um, and we hope that directors of the club would be here to deliver that message. But in the absence of that, what we wanna do is look at the first thing as the message we want to give the club. So um, I would like to open it up to the floor in a minute and um, take your questions. And we'd like to compile those questions we'd like to get some agreement from everyone here that we then put those questions to the club Um, i think people are aware that there's a statement that has been released by the club but then um, there are more questions and answers and certainly historical questions do not go away um the relationship between the, the club and the council is really crucial as well and then secondly what i'd like us to do is to um look at the actions that we can take as fans um personally i've been incredibly frustrated as i think you know probably all of you have over the last couple of years with the club um seemingly tossed around between um you know potential owners and the, the current owner and um, for us to be powerless to intervene and just watch all these shenanigans happening um and um, so i think it's time um that the fans Started to look at what we can do um, to determine our our own future and to look at how we can influence the club. At first, I wanted to address the elephant in the room, or in this case, it's not in the room. Um, So that's representation on the club. They did say they would attend. You probably picked this up. They said they would attend if the meeting was at Hewitt Park. and uh, so but, uh, only if it was at Hewish Now, there was a poll on Glover's
3: cast, and the last time I checked, 95% of supporters out of the 400 that voted um, said that a director should attend the meeting wherever it was held. So that's our first
2: message back to the club, and the first ongoing. Okay. I'd like, um, I'd like to, to start, um, if we can, by taking your questions, any points of clarifications, and really what we want to do is try and gather some consensus about the message that we want to give the club. And now that we potentially have new owners, if you haven't heard that, then the questions that we want to give to the new owners. So I'd like to open them up to the floor. Steve is going to run around with the microphones, so if you could wait. So Steve... Yes, Sarah, and then everyone can hear the questions. Is that okay? Does that sound sensible? Everyone can do that. So I really think, you know, waited a long time to give a future here tonight. I'm sorry you're stuck in the back. You shouldn't have done shouldn't And, um, you know, I hope you get a chance to have a say.
3: Please do. Any questions? Good, <laughs> Good evening, everybody. Uh, probably, uh, like uh, my question is Mike my... um, at the club. Very small, that's not
4: The owner, his name is Parson. Does he own what? What do the council own? Was it transferred to the unitary? What are they doing about it? These are the important questions we should be asking at the moment who owns what? Not worrying about uh, if, but maybe somebody's put up Thank you. Uh, I can answer that
3: question if you can hear. Yeah, so. The, the football club cutfusion uh, microphone. so the um I land around the ground,
2: um, which is is owned by uh, the council that was formerly owned by the holding company. So that's everything except the footprint of the stadium. that is owned by um, what is now Somerset Council, so that transferred from South Somerset District Council on the first of April. So Somerset Council own that and they also own the ground. Um, the Football Club itself doesn't own anything other than it has a lease
3: um, for the, the, uh, the ground itself. Okay. Well, we believe it's 7%
2: of the purchase price and I think of them. It, it's sort of out there in the public domain now that's about
3: £200,000 a year. So £50,000 a quarter is what is I think out there in the public domain. Yeah, it's a fair comment. Okay, um, next question from any points, I Mike's over here.
1: Yeah, Roger, thank you. Um, I'm just wondering what, what can we do? My question is, it's, it's to all of us really, is what can we do as fans when um, 18 months ago, however long it was ago, South Somerset District Council, despite all the warnings of the character of Scott Regional, uh, gave him 2 million pounds that money's gone to the extent that we couldn't pay pay our players on time. Um, and what can we do about the council? Um, how can we follow that up? Because because it's just not right. Um, yeah. I think we have a
3: really could answer that. So Robert Orit is from uh,
2: what is now Cemetery Council. Um, so Robert finally agreed to come along tonight. So Robert's going to answer this this question.
5: Thank you, good evening. Um, the council was very public about what it, the council was very public about what it decided to do. Uh, it purchased all of the property for a price that, that you have talked about. So it wasn't a question of giving somebody some money. There was a, a purchase of property and the council uh, became the owner of all of the land in return and it, it was very public about what it decided to do It found it, it was a difficult decision it couldn't have just given money to anybody um so it it the council has decided uh to do what they could which was to uh pay money to buy the property i've come here to give you honest answers um i can only tell you what i personally believe which is that the people that were, have been elected as councillors are honest, decent people. You may not agree with what they decided to do and it was a difficult judgment. If they had decided to do nothing, you might not have agreed with that either. Um, That they were faced with a decision, they made it. I absolutely do not believe that any of them had any financial involvement anyway. And I, you know, to be honest, I don't think that you can expect me to remain and participate if, if that's the you know if that's what you all believe well I'm sad uh, because I absolutely think it's not true um but I don't see that I could participate in your meeting if, if that's where the conversation needs to go. I've got a gentleman
3: with a, a top on Thank you my question was around the buyback clause and so was it. Was so the council
2: aware that the buyback clause was going to the holding company, which was owned by Scott Free?
3: nothing to do with the club? So only Scott Reasonal no could buy that back. So, therefore, no benefit to the club. Yes,
5: the council was aware. You you, you should all be aware that effectively Scott Rees- no, uh before the council got involved, owned the land. And both the holding company and the holding company owned the Oval Football Athletic Company. So he owned everything. Um, So the the intention of giving a buyback was that there was a possibility that the land could return to being owned by the owner of the football club if if there was financial uh, strength to do that. Um, And I personally, I think that is a sound thought. The idea that the football club could never recover its land, I, I don't see would have been acceptable. If he then wanted to sell the athletic club, which is what he tried to
3: do with the SQ club, he then has a holding company with a buyback board with nothing to do with the club. Yeah. The structure,
5: you yeah. so understandably the structure is complicated. I don't think that it is realistically possible to separate the Football and Athletic Club as an entity from the, the ownership, because for example, well, there are two legal entities, but the, the, the documents tie together. So for example, if, um, as seemed possible with the, the, the people who, who were temporarily appearing to be the owners, if they operate as a football club, if they got into financial difficulties, that that would not only lead to losing the leases, but it would also cause the buyback to be canceled. They're they're effectively all tied up in one package. The
3: gentleman over here. Uh, My name's uh, Derek Hamilton, I'm currently
6: uh, based up in in Bristol. Um, But, Really recognize that it's quite difficult for the member from Somerset County Council to be here. So on a member officer. It's an officer. Okay. Well, that's why I wanted to clarify. That my question was: we know the asset is transferred to Somerset County Council. Does the accountability for the process of decision making undertaken by South Somerset District Council also transfer? To Somerset County Council, and the reason I say that is in terms of what I've looked at, I think that Somerset District Council are uh, vulnerable to investigation under the 1999 Local Government Act in terms of um, good value and maybe also maladministration. So one can bang around, uh, you know, accusations, but I think that probably if there's no process that can be followed with accountability, then in terms of following that line with a local democracy, we may have come to an end. So to go back my question is the assets being transferred as accountability. I will give you my view
5: um to be clear, I'm an employee of the council, yes. I'm not an elected member. Um, and and others may know more about this than I do, but as I understand it, all five councils, so the four districts and the county council are all now Somerset council. So anything that was to do with South Somerset district council still exists and is to do with Somerset council. So I don't think the reorganization removes any responsibility. Um, I I, I don't want anyone to think I'm making any comment on, on what you just, said um well, asking you, you, you know so the question of continuity yeah um there's a, a piece of legislation that effectively makes all of those councils simply become one new council but everything to do with them all passes over. Okay so I guess a quick supplementary I think I've always questioned
6: the timing of the decision this Sci-Set District Council made knowing that they were ceasing to be an accountable body, but maybe that accountability continues
5: Then I'm a bit more relaxed about it. I think you should take it that accountability continues. Um, I've I've come here to answer questions honestly, and I can only tell you that I don't think there was any any game playing to try to use the timing of the reorganisation in any way. You you know, it's over a year since the uh, purchase of Jewish Park took place. But but the important point is it remains effectively the same council. Are there any other questions in
2: the room? On this or any other topic? The lady at the
3: front here. Um, Thank you. Can I ask what
2: safety checks the council undertook to ensure that the funds were used for the benefit of the club
3: rather than an individual?
5: Council bought a property from the football club. Uh, a substantial part of what was paid was used to pay debts that, that the football club. You know, I'm, I'm not going to bandy whether the football club is different from the owner. Sometimes people will want it to be one and the same, and sometimes differently. The football club had uh, borrowings secured against the land, and the council couldn't buy the land if it was going to sit behind a bank in, in the, the priorities. So it knew that some of the money must be used to pay off previous debts because the transaction was actually After that, the council was always clear that it was not getting involved in any aspect of running the football club. Does the council now accept that it hasn't
2: benefited the football club or the community as a whole? That deal has had been no benefit to the Everton Football
5: Club or its supporters. Well, I think time, honestly, time will tell. Um, the the, the, the
4: they are, they are.
5: no, no, I, I understand. But at the but time, at the time the approach was made, the perspective was that the football club would, would run out of money and go bust. The judgment that the members considered was: was there an intervention they could make? That gave some hope that the football club would not go bust and it was as simple as that and the task that i was given was to try to create a property sale and lease back which is what the council did and thus far the football club has not gone bust and and essentially that was that was the principal uh, objective of doing it what happens if
2: you can't pay them rent will the council been? Oh, the rent been
5: uh, the, one at a time Okay, do. so there isn't a question of the rent yet being paid because the first year was was rent free. So um, we're a, a, a week or two short of there being a point where rent starts to come due. So there's nothing. Well, there's it was nothing. After the May. No, it was the 17th of May was the date on the contract, and that would be the date that the first rent invoice is due. And I've got I've
2: got somebody at the back of the
0: so, sure. there's a gentleman here that... Hi, thank you. I Hi, Steve. Hi. Um, tell you about, I've been involved with the club for several years for various reasons. you uh, not recognise me because I've been in public meetings, and I was once accused of being um, at a public meeting on behalf of the club, which was rare at the time. Now, the way it's done tonight, I think you'll see why there isn't a member of the club here. Um, I think no matter how we look at it, from my research, a legal transaction has taken place. Um, the Glover's Trust and, and the general uh, spectators in, in the ground weren't part of that, and in, in a way, why should we be? Um, from the point of view of what's it done, for us, to uh, the club now has got rid of some of its debts, I would hope, with that amount of money, um, but we've got to accept that when. The current owner, and I believe Scott Lewis is the current owner, uh, came into it. He borrowed a vast amount of money, which was set against the club. Now, the gentleman over here from, from the county council has just explained to you about a tra- little bit about the transaction process. And I think that the county councillors and the district councillors at the time probably went into it believing that they were actually trying to buoy up the club a bit and get rid of some of the uh, the, the financial problems. Um, you know, it, it, it's dreadful, isn't it, that the staff weren't paid in the time, you know, how do you run a business like that? Um, so from my point of view, um, it would appear that we are where we are. Talking about it like this really doesn't take us forward. So what I would recommend you do is think about things to take us forward rather than where we are. Thank you. Okay, thank, thank you. Uh, we are going to think about
3: things to take us forward, but we need to understand where we where we come from.
2: And uh, I have a question to to Robert because um,
3: I think it's fairly clear that the you know and I've been very yeah
2: yeah um, you know I've been clear that whenever I've spoken about this that it's actually the deal stinks for the club. I think the deal stinks with people of, of that as well. And the negotiation and the complication of buying a club without a grant and then having to get the agreement of, the, of the, um, the, the guy who is owner of the club because he's the only one who's got the right to buy it back for the next three years. And this is what as you know, excuse my language, has buggered us up completely. And for the next three years, Godfrey Snow is the only person who can buy back the land that used to be ours and the ground. So um, you know the club is, is you know in a terrible position because of this deal with the council.
3: So, okay. I'm Robert, how can the council get us out of this slide back deal?
5: First, firstly, I need to correct what you said. Um, the the contract. Or the buyback clause is with the holdings company and whoever owns that has, has the buyback so if somebody buys the football club and the companies they gain the buyback clause and that the new owner of, of them becomes able to buy buy the property back there is the issue that 3.8 million pounds of public money was put out and to get to get the land back council has to have his money back uh, because it, that was the only justifiable basis to go forwards. Um, so th- there's a, a substantial amount of money involved, but the contracts, none of them are with Scott Priestley personally, and uh, anything that happens depends on what he does in terms, and, and what a buyer is prepared to do in terms of buying and selling the, the companies that are within the football club ownership. Okay, Robert. I
2: understand <laughs> inequality. Yeah, man. well, we all know that 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 um, you know, Mr. Priestall's, uh long long-term plan here is to develop the land, right? So he's not going to give up that option. Um, you know, that would be the last resort. So, what
5: can we do to break the buyback agreement? Uh, you can't do anything. It's uh, you know, there, there are legal contracts in place. Um, I guess if you had a large numbers of millions of pounds, you could do anything you wanted to, but um, if you haven't got money, um, I don't see that you get close to it. And the council, you, I understand that you, you never agreed with the council's decision, but I hope you'll all respect that the that, that people weighed up the option and they decided that's what they should do. And to protect the the amount of money that was put in, they became the owners of the land and it can be reversed but by by the holdings company um, I, I think the point i would make to you which perhaps gives a, a small amount of comfort is that i think it's very difficult for scott personal or whoever is the owner until they buy the land back i think it's very difficult to unstitch all of the arrangements so talking about the football and athletic club and the holdings company, as if they can be separated, so I think, is very, very difficult to do.
3: Gentlemen here. When, we... when the council came, SB or the club the two hundred million to clear debts, etc. How much debt does the club have? i don't think anyone
4: knows
3: that surely it's
5: got less than a public account so so we we did not know for sure because the business was private matter um my recollection is that the the major loan which was to a bank that is called msd i think are involved with bournemouth um the, the published documents included a figure of 1.3 million pounds, um, the discussion was that that was a facility. In other words, it was a limit on what could be borrowed and the borrowings might be less. The, the other is that since that time, there has been at least one loan which doesn't affect the property
3: but does affect the football club. Uh, the other
5: thing I just correct, so. The total amount of capital that the council uh, decided to put in was £2.8 million, but um, some of that money went to buy out a restricted covenant from another party. Um, If I will tell you a, a number that you can find out if you looked at the land registry, so the actual amounts of money that were paid to the two parcels that Yopal Town Holdings Limited and Yoga Football Athletic Club sold was two million and twenty-five thousand pounds. So that was the actual cash that went uh, effectively across to Yoga Town Holdings and Football Athletic Club. The the rest of it there was a lot, quite a large amount of tax to be paid, and there was the purchase restricted covenant and the two point eight also covered the first year's rent. So actually, that that was a uh, Non
3: item if you like. Uh, I just want to, I know there's questions in a room, but I'm conscious that we've ignored Ian over there for a
2: while. So let's uh, see if there's any questions that come in on Zoom in.
1: Yeah, I've got some. Uh, uh, there's another one. Uh, does the council reserve the right to refuse any buyback option being activated? Or are the council obliged to sell as soon as Priestnall offers to buy back?
5: So the buyback, which is so you know clearly Scott Bristol controls the club, but Yoketown Holdings Limited has the buyback, and it binds the council whether it likes it. So if we get the notice and the cheque, the buyback happens. The gentleman just here. Yeah, I know
2: you're not. Can you just
3: wait for the mic then? Sorry, I, I know you said you have nothing to do with the planning. Scott
1: Christensen's ultimate goal is to develop the site. Can you answer whether what can be developed on so, the site? Because we're, as far as I know, it's industrial. Um, but there's all uh, conversations being banded about About hundreds of the houses. Can you just clarify that situation?
5: Honestly, I don't think I can. Um, as I understand it, the, the the local planning policy for that land would either see it as being to do with sport or to do with employment. Um, I think there was a planning application a lot of years ago that was for the rate, a link to the range and a retail scheme which didn't get consent, but that was that was a possibility. Um, the, I think it is your right to this in Scott Bristol's new housing development on the land would be the proposition. But I, I think it's very difficult as an I'm not a member and I'm not a planning officer. Um, you know, people apply for planning consent consents and they get assessed and decided. Um, I think there'd be a lot of question about. Any proposal, and it's a very difficult balance. And ideally, development would would any that happens would sit sensibly with the club and effectively support the future of the club, not just be um, something, if you like, that constrains the club. But whoever, whoever owns the land from time to time can apply. They might or might not consent. Can we, we-, we take two more questions on this
2: issue because we've given it. Uh, good question. So, there's a gentleman at the back who's had his hand up for
3: a long time. Is it a question or is it a point?
4: Um, just a couple, a couple of points to start with. Um, one, if you were the idiots um, that loaned all your money, to would you actually loan in more money to buy back what you loaned in the first place? Secondly, um, it's all very passionate. We we all here long for somebody uh, like the two guys at Wrexham or Man City or Man United to come in with their opinions. But that's not going to happen because we're going to But the point I'm trying to make is that if you, aside the issues with the land and whatnot, that if you Buy a football club like your hometown town, and you've got loads of money, you know, like the you know, PSO there, but spend very little of it in order to keep football club in the it had five or six years ago. why You know, I'm not good, I'm not good, I'm not rich people with lots of money, get your money back. But I don't understand why people who are rich beyond our wildest dreams got a question? Yes, I think it's important that, that, that we deal with the, the, the right side of things. You know, anybody who buys a football club, don't have a question. It's based on what I'm saying now about the expectation of new owners. So, Anything we can do as a group to confirm supporters to ensure that we get somebody who's actually interested in the football club for its own sake and not for the couple of million that they might make on a advert. They're going to be desperate millionaires if, 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 if they think that they're going to make loads of money. 250 pounds. Okay, uh, we would like to come back to the point.
2: Of, um, that you've made really which is um, what we should say to um, any potential new
3: owner so i wanted to one last question now uh, brendan's got his hand up here so one last question on this from, from brendan good evening to you uh, you may recall that uh, i had the
4: pleasure of being the chairman Sorry. I had the pleasure of being the chairman of the Glover's Trust at the time that the uh, the council made
2: their decision to uh, set the club. we had several
1: conversations prior to that meeting and after that meeting, and I will say that you were very accommodating to the Glover's Trust. You gave us as much detail
3: as you possibly could. You were the senior officer in the deal. That's correct, I think you looked at it
4: as a purely commercial operation, not having any bias towards or against Yogletown Football Club. Were the county council, sorry, were Somerset district councillors advised of some of the points that the Glover's Trust made as to the, what should we say,
3: the nature of Mr. Priestlaw. And if they were, are you aware of any of them, did any diligence due diligence upon Mr. Priestnell before giving him the deal that he's got.
5: I find, I find that a difficult question only because I don't really think it's my place to get into discussing people's views about Scott Priestnell. Um, the approach to council was a difficult, a difficult situation. Um, because you're, you're right, From I, I did the, the, the work on this job. Um, normally speaking, if somebody comes along and says, I've got a piece of property, I'd like to do a sale and lease back, the most important aspect is that they're going to be in business for a lot of years to come um, and, and therefore pay you the rent. Um, in this case, the approach was, I'm on the point of running out of money. Um, there, there was work done around the the accounts of the club. Um, if you mean a kind of football proper person's investigation, that was not part of the council's uh, role and work. You, you, you rightly said, well, my job was to look at the commerciality and have a sensible balance of protecting the money that the council was able to put forward. Okay, I, I
3: want to move us forward,
2: really, uh, but before we do, um, I'd like... Sorry to, to interrupt
5: you. I'm thinking I, I I would slip away and then you can all be ruder about the council. <laughs> okay, we'll
3: never going. to go. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so just before you, you come to um,
2: Robert was very brave to come in today. Um, and we all know that this, you know, I think we all know, don't we, that that deal absolutely stinks. Um, and I think. Um, i sort of led the audience here really, on but I'd like us to give a message to the council. I think he's got it tonight, but I think we need to give a message to the council. We've got new councillors, we've got new officers. I think we need to give a message to the council. So I want your agreement um, that we write um, as a group of fans, not just the Glovers Trust, but as a group of fans here tonight, um, on behalf of this meeting to the council, and we ask for an urgent meeting with them. And I think the most in my mind is the question I asked Robert, which is how did we get out of buyback? What are, the, what are the conditions that we can do to try and get the club out of buyback? If for instance, um, the, the, somebody come forward to buy the club, then we want the council to be much more proactive in terms of doing their due diligence on that person. Um, if you've got any other points which we think we need to conclude in that, letter, that's all we need to ask them, please, you know, uh, raise them. Uh, people are people happy that we we write this? We, we try and demand a meeting with the council. Yes. General Yeah. Hi. Um. It just seems to me that the piece of land that is there is worthless. It's got a tatty old football club on it. What makes it valuable is that there might be houses built on it. To build houses on it requires planning permission. If we do everything in our power to oppose that planning commission, if this many people turn up to every planning meeting where that's discussed, if Scott Preasnall knows that, his asset then becomes worthless. All we need to do is to delay it for three years.
0: After three years, then, We buy it back, or somebody buys it back, or whatever. But Scott, the has gone. So we've got three years to stall any planning application.
2: It's a very good point, and an action that we we would need to take on today. Um, I'm looking around, to see if Tim's in the room. Is Tim Burton in the room? There he is. Tim's a yoga plan and a planning consultant. Did you want to say anything in terms of long-term Did you want to say anything about how we can stop... Um, the gentleman's absolutely right. Um, because because this is Scott's obviously wishes to and, and why he doesn't want to give out buyback is because he wants to develop that. But Ted, do you want to say anything about how we as a group might pose that rather than you know, because obviously we have to follow planning law, um, you know, and he does. Um, so do you want to say anything about how we might go about stopping it? at the moment, not
1: a Take it in. So there's not a
2: lot. There's not
1: a lot that we can do at this point. Um, there was a screening for environmental assessment in, but normally you'd expect that to come in way before planning application. So I'm not necessarily thinking the planning application is imminent yet, but obviously that seems to be the way it's leading. When that application comes in,
0: anybody has a right to comment as individuals or or as a group. Um, and one of the issues for that application is going to
6: be
1: the impact it had on the football club and the viability and the, the way that the football club can, could operate. Um, in the documents, they already commented um, what was sort of set to council around the potential loss of car parking and what the impact of that would be. That was a huge impact
0: on not only us, the football club, but also to all the residents in the area. So there is a lot that we can do. We can lobby be for at the time.
3: Um, and we could put forward a coherent argument um, that, all, that I think could be effective. Depending, obviously,
7: on what, what comes in in terms of the planning application, we don't know about as yet. But um, yes, yeah, certainly any development that has an adverse impact on the football club is a proper planning consideration and something that we we can do. And when the application comes in or there's clear
0: evidence that it's coming in, then clearly the, we can work with the trust to, uh, to make sure we do that properly. Lovely. Thanks,
3: Tim. I've
0: got a gentleman here. I, I've got a question for Steve really, because you all know what it is. this. Um, is the land outside the stadium, and by that I mean even to pitch, still public open space? last time I looked yes it was. So from public open space that's probably the key planning issue to address because in order to put houses on that public open space you have to replace the open space in its entirety for all that that is used. So that's probably the most powerful planning argument you have. Having said that, seems quite rightly now advocating here. And it might be when they find out about the public open space that they don't put the buying application in who knows so that's a waiting game thanks yeah, that's, that's that'd be right and i think there are some real planning issues if anybody
3: wanted to develop it and that therefore could be at least some modicum of comfort um to the fan here today thanks david oh sorry uh, <laughs> That's an action, and that's another action for
2: tonight, just meeting, isn't it? You know, we we will work um, as a, a fan base to try and stop the development of the land around the ground. Um, we do need to keep an eye on planning on, on the development group process. So I think it's also this is part of a letter we should send to the club asking them to
3: start the consultation process, which is not an unreasonable. Oh, gentlemen on when was it changed from sports only and to be able to put housing it? that ground it was allocated when the club went there was sports only not houses not anything like that so what in the hell are we talking about I mean, two hundred so. and fifty I I don't believe it's been changed. Um, can might correct me? But are there,
2: it's only it, As I understand it, it only applies to the pitches. So, if you move the pitches somewhere else, you can off the land. And Scott's coming plan is to develop um, the strip of land and the side of uh, the Western
3: Avenue, um, move, which won't get planning permission. So to move all of the sports, which there, then it's sort of aesthetic. OK, are people happy that, that we have that as an option Okay, so
2: that's going to need us to mobilise. Probably meet in a maybe a bigger venue So um, but you know we need we need to move that forward because the gentleman who made this point is absolutely right. Uh, if we can prevent that land being developed, then um, there is no reason for Mr. Priestell to hang around. Okay. Um. So any other
3: questions? I had a question. Um.
6: One of the things you asked at the start of that was around. Um, what we can do, or hold, I guess, the council council for in the future, and
2: I guess, being a yoga fan it, it, and not not associated to the membership part of the Glover's Trust, um, we seem to have a lot of disparate sports uh, sports groups, and I think that makes it difficult for the council to know who to speak to at the right time. And I wonder whether or not there's an opportunity for us as fans to try and align. We don't always really have to agree, but we do have to align. I think that's important. And I think if we can do that, does it give some um, support to the council to know who to can speak to when these decisions arise, right? Rather than having to talk to five different groups that stand for five different things. I don't believe you be always have
3: bit in a plus five different supporters groups. We should have one. We should have one that doesn't necessarily agree all the time, but that doesn't rely on decisions like this. Yeah,
2: it's a very good point. And all supporters groups are invited to this meeting tonight. And I think there are reps from different supporters groups here. So um, yeah, absolutely, you should um, and that's you know, well made. Um, and I want to come back to that as well.
3: Um, any other questions, points, um, actions that we need to do? Roger. 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 Um,
2: obviously, you see a lot on Facebook and all the other Instagrams and God knows what. No. Yeah.
3: But I think it will definitely help everybody if we, as the gentleman said over there, spoke as one voice,
2: rather than throwing brick around about who's an idiot and who isn't. You know, you don't know what you're talking about. I've been supporting it since 1959
3: and I've been supporting it since 2012. It's irrelevant. Yeah, they say I ask Somebody was going to get into the national league to ask
2: about the goings on of Scott Hawking. Ian, can I check if we got any questions from Zoom?
1: Got a lot of scrolling to do. Hey, um... where are you going to do that? Any yeah.
3: questions in the room? Bad,
1: Bad one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering, sort of thinking about the fact that we're all here and we're shouting at the club from the outside and they won't engage with us, they won't even turn up, they don't have the decency to do that. Um, what What can we do to, I know it's part of the Glover's Trust vision, but, but someone mentioned Robin and Ryan at Rexon the other day, if you watch the documentary, their situation a few years ago was very similar to where we are now. And it wasn't Rob and Ryan that saved the club, it was the fans. Um, so what can we do to seriously take that step of, of getting
2: serious fan representation that can't be ignored and mugged off. Thanks, Mike. And that was going to be the second part of the meeting. So well move on to that now. What can we as fans do? I mean, I'd like, to, I'd like to ask you all a question first of all, because I know what I think about this. But how do people feel about having a long-term aim to take a stake in our club so that we, you know, stop having these clowns managing our club, and that we and not sort of wavering in the wind and at the thing of some rich person. How do people feel about having a long-term ambition to uh, buy a stake in our club with a view to taking 51% at some time in the future? I know, you know, I know people say, oh, well, you know, that's impossible. How are we ever going to do it? But there are examples around the country um, of where it's
3: been done. Um, So I'd like to take the temperature of the room tonight, because I have a proposal, I'd like to look at the end of it. Stevie, where are you? There's like 200 people in this meeting, and there's like 500 people online. Apologies apologies for speaking again, but um, I'm a yoga fan,
2: but an Exeter City supporter. I'll explain that.
0: Yoga was my heart, yo was where I'm at, but actually, since living in Exeter for the last 40 years, I go and watch Exeter. It's a fan-owned club. 20 years ago, it was like this. The difference, I say it in inverted commas, was it was run by a couple of crooks, and the fans took it over. The fans took it over. That club now,
2: when you go to see Exeter City, I hate to say it, but watching it to the
0: City and the whole experience of being at that club is the, totally the opposite of being at Yeovil. Yeovil could be like that if the fans
2: banded together. It's a similar-sized club. It's in a similar area. It could really be. It could be a really positive thing. So kind of making that into the point, I think
0: having as much contact with Exeter City, well, 45 miles down the road, would be a really good start. And I know you've already done quite a bit of that
2: really. That's a great introduction. See if I make a point and I'm going to read your letter. Um, I, I was a lawyer who acted when Exeter went bust and actually
7: the fans then and the trust came in, but unfortunately it had to go bust before that happened. Um, the difficulty that any business has, company has. If you've got somebody who owns it, they're the ones who can sell it. That's basic private limited company. So, you know, we have to bear that in mind. Like it or not like it or whatever. um, At the moment, there is somebody who owns 92% of both of the companies that are interlinked. And and, and that's something that obviously has to be considered. I think there's a bigger point which is around corporate governance and the FA the Football League Board, in terms of who, they are prepared to let know football clubs, but that's a bigger issue that many people have talked about. And again, it's something you wanted to do, you know, pressure on that. Uh, and um, You know, we keep talking about independent regulators coming in, etc. Because the country is littered with football clubs, sadly, in situations like yoga.
3: Okay, so I'm going to
2: follow up on that gentleman's point. I'm not going to totally ignore you know, Steve, but he's trying to piss on our bones. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is a letter, right? And it's uh, from a guy called Nick Hawker, who you probably don't know. But anyway, it says Dear Roger, uh, to start my sincere apologies for not being uh, there in person tonight, we've had a family bereavement that is absorbing so much time. I recall being in Yeovil along with the, the Trust Chairman, the then Trust Chairman, Lawrence Overrun and Supporters Direct, now in to the Football um, Supporters Association to help launch the Glover's Trust. I still have a pin match that one of your supporters kindly of gave me as a thank you. At the time, I was Secretary to the Board of uh, Trust Board and Lawrence. Today, I'm Chairman of Exeter City Football Club. We own our own football club has been our slogan for the past 20 years, and today the club board has an equal number of elected supporter directors, as there are professional directors. We have a shareholders agreement that safeguards our interest in the club, and I'm proud to say that this year we are likely, as normal, to declare a profit. It is quite hard to determine where the trust ends and where the club begins. Trustees interviewed potential replacements when Matt Taylor left the club for other and recently we published our supporters' annual review of finances. You can obtain a copy from the website. Supporter ownership of the football club is achievable. We took over the club when it was 4 million in debt and that was 4 million 20 years ago. I won't pretend it's easy and there are certainly some bad days. But last year, myself and other trustees travelled on the open top bus. With the players for our promotional parade. Every bit of difficulty and head-in-hands moment became worthwhile. I've sat in the royal box playoff finals, we lost, and I attended EFL meetings always with a view of representing our supporters. Before all of this, I was just a supporter in the cheaper stand, whose only contact with the club was from the seat. Today, I help determine the playing budget which the Trust authorises. The South West needs Yogal Town. Somerset needs a team in the EFL. You have a rich and proud heritage that I would urge you to come together and protect. Whatever awaits you next season, please be sure that you take every opportunity to influence it. We'd love to play you for the Brian Lomax Trophy sometime. Again, my apologies for not being able, being able to be there. I'll cut anything you ask me and help
3: in any way I can going forward. Come on, you glovers from Nick Porker. There is an evident encouragement. Um, you know, it's come from the Exeter model, isn't it, surely?
2: And so I'd like to go back to the question I asked Billy. Really is it a good time that we look at doing this? It may not happen, you know, for five years, it may not happen 10 years, but, you
3: know, tonight could be a pivotal moment on that journey, if you uh, but we can't do it, and that's important. Just listening to
6: what uh, what Stephen said in terms of it takes uh, someone who wants to sell, uh, and that, uh, seems that with Exeter I had to go into administration first for that to happen. Uh, also given that um, Matt Oetler, Lance Oetler, part of the Oetler Foundation could not seem to wrestle, uh, our club from Scott Priestable, um, what chance us wrestling in select? And it may not be a popular option, but one of those sort of us have discussed mm-hmm. on Twitter is that it wouldn't be better for us actually just to
3: start again. You. Gentlemen, gentlemen. gentlemen are No one heard uh have a part of today? No. I don't think <laughs> we have so <laughs> many. We have heard that the testing soldier. Yeah. Mm. We, we have heard
2: uh, yeah, I'm not a saying. You know the devil's in the detail and i didn't want it to erode nice us tonight you still have concerns with everyone our ownership is isn't it and, and i think you know, it's heavier and it, you know it's not going to be heavier forever and you know we may have another uh, good owner we may not you know and so you know i'm hoping that tonight you can at least you know people can say look they're going to happen you know, immediately and you know you're right and steve's right and maybe it does take extraordinary circumstances, but.
3: You know, we can take small steps to doing it. Really, if if it's the will of the squatters, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, so I I have a I have a, a gentleman here who wants to ask a question first. I just say, can, you, can can you not be that say We're going to put some money in the club. If we're prepared to pay £200,
5: pounds to be supportive, are we gonna have the balls And my hand in their pocket? And that's the only way we're gonna do it. We can balance the words around and try and do everything, the planning provision side of it, but at the end of the day, we're gonna to have to pay if we're gonna do anything.
2: Well, you're absolutely right, and oh, we will. Um, and there's ways of doing that. Um, and, and I think, As I think Steve and this gentleman said, there needs to be a willing buyer and a willing seller. And we've got no chance at the moment because we haven't got a willing seller. But what we can do is start making plans and make plans because at the moment it feels like we're just reacting and it feels like we've been reacting for years. And, you know, it's time for us to start putting our own plans in place. Um, And, you know, even if it takes us 20 years to, to get hold of the book, you know, it may be that you know part of our strategy is that we set up a a fighting fund. People can you know contribute to a fighting fund so that when we're ready, we do have a bit of money to take on the club. We do have you know the club's got powerful friends, um, and the club's got influential friends, and you all know this. Um,
3: and you know it's about time we caught some of those in as well. Ian, any questions on on Zoom? Oh here, can you? No, not. Okay, so, so I so I have a proposal tonight, right? And and I, I hope you all
2: agree. That I'd like to say set up what was, what was we were calling a Save Our group, group. It's a terrible name, but a group of
3: um, representing all supporters, so um, members from every supportive group and Professional
2: people that we can persuade the Yodel fans to join us. Um, I'd like that group um, to meet and to plan our future and to talk with you as fans about its progress all through. Because I don't think it's something that Glovers Contest Trust can do, and I think it's any other group can do. I think it needs to come in together of all our fans um, to set up a, a small working group to plan our future. Um, I look at it's scenario. I mean, what happens if we go out of you know, administration? If that was to happen in the next few months, we'd be scrubbing around. So, what happens if we go into administration? What happens if we get a new owner? What's the question we want to get the new
3: owner? What's our long, short, and long term strategy? So, I mean, how do people feel about that? Yeah. Can I ask Steve a really question? One is how long did the exit for, um,
0: Take the process, get the process, yeah. process underway, and did they seek external backing, or was it just the uh, the spectators that provided the funding? Who did they buy the ground back from?
3: How much it cost? No, they not It was a long process, um, but I guess
7: the fact that they had gone into company voluntary arrangement made it easier because they were dealing therefore with external people rather than back to the current owners or whatever that they had um but yeah look it was a very long journey uh, and with lots of twists and turns on the way but yeah fair play to them you know i love Exeter uh, and they've done it very well and they've got some hugely committed people who've done that and it, and it is true the trust do work it properly yeah
6: what did they get external funding
7: no no, no.
3: Anyone else? There's a lot of Yeoviltown fans that had out the
4: football players, and they were transferred over to Yeoviltown Holdings when John Fry and Hayward took over or decided to go
2: to Yeoviltown Holdings. We've still got those shares, and I'm sure i a lot of other fans who've got those shares as well, but they're all under the Yogold Tower Homies
4: Limited. But we've never had any conversation or literature or anything from policeman, all the time he's in, in charge. Why, you know, why have they been able to go ahead
3: without even contacting any of the fans that already had shares? Yeah, I so see, you're right, and I'm one of those who shares as well. Um,
7: and um, uh, the problem is that Mr. Priestnell owns 92%, and in company law, if you own something like that, then I'm afraid you have the power, effectively, to run roughshod. There are legal procedures that people who are minority shareholders can do, but bluntly, they're incredibly expensive, and probably pretty difficult that's the problem with somebody who owns almost 100 percent of anything um so you know it all comes back to that i mean if i can try and be optimistic uh and i've read the statement like everybody else has and you know it only says agreement etc um let us hope that if it does go through that it is somebody who there, I say, it was when I first got involved, called John Goddard Watts, who was a local businessman who made a lot of money, bless him, now no longer with us through Screwfix and wanted to give it back to the community. And that's what he did. And it was his way of giving back. That's why I'm passionate about local people who've made some money doing things for their local football clubs. And that's the way it works. It's not, I'm afraid, when people from outside come in, maybe Rexham's an exception, Uh, but normally, of course, the successful clubs are those that build with the community and the business people who've made money in the community and want to give back. So let us hope, I'll try and be optimistic. Um, Obviously, it's subject to a non-disclosure and all that, lawyers things going through, but maybe, there's a twinkling of light but at the moment you're absolutely right i'm afraid with scott Priestnell owning the whole lot it is difficult now anybody who does buy let us hope therefore they buy holdings as well and therefore get the benefit of the buyback agreement because if they are the right people and get the benefit of the buyback agreement then it may be of course that they will want to um, bring the ownership of both the land and the, the, the football pitch all together and bring it as it was, uh, dare I say, pre um, Norman Haywood and John Fry. And that's the dream. Maybe I, I've got my optimistic hat on tonight, but that's what all you guys, surely, and what I want as well, should be hoping for. You start.
3: Yeah. Okay, hey, thanks, Steve. Um, people did say they thought it was a good idea to, to have a uh, Save Our Club
2: group. Can we just have a show of hands, really? Because I think it's really important. Um, are people in favour of us forming a group that looks at our long term strategy and how we as fans can have a stake in our own club? Can you just raise your hand if
3: you're in agreement on that, please? Okay, is there anyone against that? Okay, so thank you very much. It is the end of the meeting, and you know we will take that forward now. Um,
2: there are a few other actions that the tonight's meeting is, has sort of brought forward. One of which is a letter to the council. Again, are we all happy that we write a letter to the
3: council? Yeah.
2: Thank you. Um, it's been suggested that we write to the sports minutes though, with our concerns. Um, I think we also said we'd write to the National League. it's a meeting, can we do that?
3: Yeah,
7: yeah, yeah, Do the FA as well. I'm on a, yeah. I'm on a, I'm on a roll, i on roll, FA as well. And the, and the FA, thank yeah. you, Steve. So, have a minute to for a turn, as well.
2: The last thing is, and this has slightly changed, is the,
3: I was going to suggest we letter to the club because there's a lot of a lot of you have raised points. Um, okay, sorry, a lot of you have raised points uh, about
2: the running of the club, um, and whilst we potentially have a new owner I think these questions still are relevant. So. Um, so the questions that are that have been raised tonight, and the questions that that I have, are um, around things, financial affairs, right? for instance. Um, how is the club currently being financed, and who's paid the wages of stuff? staff? Please um, provide a breakdown of how the two just over two million received from SFDC was spent allocated. Please provide a breakdown of the one million uh, of where the one million pounds sports council loans allocated. Please let us know how the £52,000 raised by supporters uh, was used. Um, how the club will meet the rent payments from Sunset Council, which is, we heard tonight is due on the 17th. Um, uh, then there's, there's some questions about ownership, which sort of have moved on a bit really, but it would still be good to to hear about how they're with with SU gloves fell apart. And then there's a, what we talked about, which is about the development of land, a timetable for consultation with plans as well. So I think there's enough there to put a, a letter still to Scott Priestall. and um, there's still questions that need to be answered. People happy that we we send that letter to Scott Priestall.
3: It want not send it, but this needs to be an open letter that goes in the press, I think. What's the it okay, so I think that that's it really. And if people've got other points,
2: they desperately want to read. We have, but uh, there's a gentleman there, and I'll come back to Rob as well. But so far, we've got um, a letter to, to the club, an open letter to the club. Oh, the other thing is that you know, and whilst we're here and we have a, a potentially a new owner, what is the message we want to give our new owner? I think that's that's key as well. So
3: I think a gentleman sat in the in the aisle first, and then Rob and then.
4: I understand that, uh, that when we started this trust, I'm not quite sure how many years ago it was, now, it it's probably five, six years ago. Understood the idea of this was to get a member on the board. Now, if we did have a member on the board, that's sorry, sorry, I know I claim Mr. Policy, so we would have a lot of these actions tonight, but unfortunately,
3: this hadn't happened. Is there any reason why it didn't happen? I mean, my guess is that, you know, the
2: say things the club don't want to hear and ask the things that the club don't
3: want to do. So, um, yeah, it's just easier to keep it the arms, right, you know. Yeah, just to add to the list of questions you've got there, I think they all fine. but I think it's also important to tell the club how much they've
2: let us down. Um, they treated us with absolute contempt. They don't talk to us. Uh, it's the easiest thing to do, right? Business or whatever it is, just talk. And they haven't spoke. They haven't spoke to any of us. They pushed us all the way, And they treated us with utter contempt. You know, to the point where, if there wasn't a new owner
3: coming in, would we buy season tickets? I probably wouldn't be. We don't know how much the charge for season tickets this year. We haven't got much of it. Hey, welcome to gamble.
2: I think it's important that the club you know how much they let us down and how far away they push the fans. Because if there isn't any fans, there's no football club. Um, and as a fan, you know I'm disengaged. I'll, I'll still go because I enjoy going with my dad and, and some of my mates. But they pushed us away and they need to know. And that's a long way for them to call that back because at the minute, Mr. Robbins, Mr. Stans, they're good, they're good people. I know Mr. Stans, he, he used to coach me under 18s football. He's a nice bloke. Mr. Robbins is a decent player as well. But as
3: leaders, I've got no confidence in them. I think it's important they don't know. <laughs> Yeah. So somebody else had a question as well. Yeah. Uh-huh. Lady, where where are we? My message to the new owner would be communication. I think communication is lacking. A hundred um, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely
1: just to continue messages to new owners let's let the football people at the football club yeah. make the football decisions not playing football manager and we've heard about a whole number of stories about who might bought players making decisions on the football pitch that the football manager, the football experience, and the football people do the football.
3: Yeah. Any any other messages to the new owner? Right. Yeah. Nothing
4: better than that. Mister
3: Hader, don't want any fine screws. Well, there's two butts there
2: okay so perhaps the message is then to the new owner that we want you to respect the fans groups they're not going to go away are they so i think you know for the moment it needs to be the fans group and the new group so we need to
3: we need we want them to respect fans groups um any other messages to the new owner how about Fan representation or fan investment in the club? we get it Okay. Well. Yeah. Any other messages? Right. Is there any other points that people want to make tonight? Ian, yeah, Is there anything on on um, Zoom? What must have said I Coming from me, coming
2: the
1: to it? be, Great comments from the fans in the room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's That's bottom, of
2: yeah.
3: ask that, that, that gentleman. Obviously you can't see the main leg. If we have another meeting like this, I think it would be a
2: good idea for the new owner to come along and speak to us about what his vision is. And what we can expect in the future, maybe we can, you know, create some sort of um, position where you know everyone knows what's going on, and and can move on to the future rather than dwelling on the past. Move on and
3: and go to the future in a in a new renewed way, in a better way. Thank you. I think
2: we're done unless anyone's got anything really pressing. We have some resolutions. If you want to stay in touch, then Mike Taylor um, has got a pad. If you want to leave your um, contact details with Mike, whether it's telephone or email, um, please. And we'll try our best to, to keep you up to date with developments and particularly what's going to happen with the new group. Um So please stay in touch with us because. There's a lot of us here because we're in crisis. We need the same number of people back when we're, you know, when we're doing okay, And so please stay in touch and come back to public meetings. So I want to finish by thanking uh, the social club here and, and Derek in particular. When I found to, to book this, which was before Albert, HP, um, when I found to book it, um, he said, oh, I'll see if I can do you a deal on it. And, uh, I said, oh, Are you a Yoga fan? And he said, Well, we're all Yoga fans, aren't we? Um, and he's right, isn't he? You know, it's, the, the club's important to us all, it's precious to us all, but it's important to Yoga and it's important to the community. And you know, let's less
3: into um, action and, and keep the pressure to our heart. Thank you very much, everyone, coming to my stage. This is- yeah. Can I just say,
7: on behalf of you all, I'm sure well done to God, uh, handling a difficult meeting. Uh, and if you look at the number of people here, that's really encouraging. Let's hope this statement we can take it with glass half full rather than glass half empty. Let's and let's hope that we can move forward in the next few days. And I totally agree with you. Communication, communication, communication. That's the sin of the age, but the key to
0: everything. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. Here's Lindergaard making Forrest back pedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's by the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening. Stansfield, good turn away from
4: John, goal!